Welcome to Roar with Sparks. How loud is your roar? I am your host, Kristen Sparks. I am the CEO and founder of Roar Inc. Voices Our Power, communications and connections company. I am a corporate and personal growth facilitator. I am an infinite possibilities and certified success principles trainer, currently working on my master certification for the success principles and my BVC coaching certification. I am a facilitator, author, speaker, and thought leader. I am a cancer, broken heart, body, and soul thriver. 2022 is a power year and all about living our best life. I may live with chronic pain, but I find joy in every day in the act of getting up and having a new day filled with infinite options, opportunities, and possibilities of success. Roar with Sparks, How Loud Is Your Roar is all about you. Come join the conversation as we gather weekly to share wisdom, insight, and value, learning from and giving to each other and our special guests, sending our vibration higher and charging each other up all while having fun. Can't wait to see you here. How loud is your roar? Well, hello and welcome to Roar with Sparks. How loud is your roar? I am Kristen Sparks and I am your host today. And I am so excited to bring you an amazing man, Alfredo Nunez. He is a artist, a photographer, a tattoo lover, which is how we got started, a yoga lover. That's where we met. 73 years, which you do not look at. 23 years as an elementary principal, which you should look 73 after that. <laughs> from Boston area and Venezuela, and then a few places in between. And we welcome you here to Sarasota a lot longer than I've been here. I guess you need to welcome me. Yeah, well, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice place to live. Thank you. Thank you. It is a beautiful, how lucky are we to have been able to spend this amazing last two and a half years in this incredible place. Very fortunate. Yeah. Oh, so fortunate. As I told you right before we got on, we were over at Marie Shelby Gardens this morning. So we got to enjoy beautiful weather, which is why we live here is this weather right now. And some absolutely incredible gardens, beautiful orchids. And there was a photographer exhibition today. And I am going to completely forget his name, which is so horrible. Robert um, is his first name. Darn if I could remember it. His um, longtime girlfriend was a punk rocker back in the 70s and just an amazing exhibition that they put together where they showcased his photography by creating frames around different plants. And what his favorite was was to photograph orchids And then he would put them in frames, you know, so he had the movement of the plant with the framing that was perfectly perpendicular. And, you know, it was just, yeah, it was really amazing. It's a really interesting exhibit. If you have a chance, go check it out. But uh, tell me, when we first met, we started talking about my body art and we got to talking about your love of photographing tattoos. What got you started with that? 
Well, that's a great question. And I've asked myself that question many times. And I think it was uh, almost like a serendipity. I remember seeing a young woman server here in um, Motorworks Brewery in Bradenton. And she uh, had uh, an interesting looking tattoo on her upper thigh. And, you know, she kept going by and then I kept looking. I'm saying, well, you know, there's something about that that is very attractive in terms of whatever design it was. And I still have that photo from about seven, eight years ago. And I just said, hey, do you mind if I photograph? She goes, oh, no. And that's been the reaction that I get from just about everybody that I've asked, that they're very happy to share their artwork and display it for me. So it's been, it's just been a great experience. It is an amazing thing to notice someone else's tattoos, because for me, it's like I become this canvas for the artist. And while I may give them an idea of what I want, they take it from there. And I just let them do what they feel is right and how it moves for them based on where I want it on my body or what the art is that I want. And I love looking at other people's tattoos because there's always stories behind it. And I think that's what attracted me to the idea of photographing because I, I realized that there was a easy uh, conversation to be had with people around these things. And, and again, strangers, right? I haven't met these people. Uh, there's been some family members or friends who have tattoos and certainly photograph those as well. But uh, the idea of, of approaching somebody out of the blue, that some of that stems from my photography as well. The notion that people heard about street photography and, and there's some you know people who don't care for that as much because it can be intrusive or you're, you know, you're far away with a huge long lens and you're sort of sneaking up on somebody they don't know they're taking their photograph. Or some people go up right to your face, you know, very well-known photographers in New York City, boom, they capture your face. Right. So mine are not quite that way, but it, it's, it's the question about the difference between taking a photograph and making a photograph. So I engage people to make a photograph with me so that I get to talk to them and then they tell me a story about the tattoo. Uh, some are really interesting and different and then some others are, you know, Oh, it's, you know, because of this or that, that was, you know, pretty traditional commentary. But uh, again, you engage with somebody and uh, you connect. And that to me is extremely important to make that human connection whenever possible. Make them smile and have a good interaction. And you do that. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, oh, good, good. You definitely do that. Yeah, it's interesting for me. This is kind of a weird segue into this, but when I was a smoker, it was like that. You could engage in conversation with people who were also smokers around the ashtray. It's kind of like around the water cooler. But when you don't have something in common, it is difficult to walk up to a stranger and to start making conversation. Tattoos are an exceptional way of doing that. Whether you like them, you don't like them, there is some kind of a connection with people because art speaks to people in different ways. Um, yeah, so I love, I love looking at other people's tattoos. Oh, I'm sure. And I love making conversation with other people about their tattoos because I like telling my own story, you know. It's an interesting uh, community, uh, social group. 
you know, you can look across a room and uh, be somewhere, you know, like we were in a Starbucks and you see somebody or across a room in a hotel or whatever, and you make a connection. You know, there's a sorority, fraternity of sorts around that. I think I shared with you that I don't have tattoos. And uh, people have asked me, well, do you have a tattoo? And I go, no. And why not? It just never entered my world. Um, and I said, you know, I lived in the 60s, you know, long hair, hippie, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the whole thing, but no tattoos. And none of us did. Right. And none of us had <laughs> tattoos, you know. And so to see uh, people, particularly women, much easier to notice a tattoo in a woman than on a man. Interesting. Uh, and I'll go into that. Uh, but to see uh, older ladies here in Florida with tattoos, you know, and you go, what? <laughs> so the first time I saw it, I was like, what? You know, it's like this 79, eight-year-old woman, and she's got a tattoo on her calf. Hmm? And that's one of the locations that I've noticed is very prominent in, in elder tattoos. But I think the thing with women, and, and I think that, let's say, here you are, and you're exposing your arms, for instance, right, with what you were wearing. Men usually have either T-shirt like I have on, or they have something else, right? So you notice tattoos in men's arms and sometimes in their calves and stuff. But I've never seen yet, I'm sure that it exists, and, and I know that it exists, right, uh, on the upper thigh. So the men wear longer shorts, you know, and so women wear shorter shorts, and it's possible to notice. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story, uh, walking in Publix, and I see this woman walk by. She's got her cut-off jeans, uh, shorts, and I, I see the bottom part of her tattoo is just really colorful, beautiful color, and I went, wow. And then she goes away, and I go, oh. And I said, but if I run into her again, somewhere in Publix, I'm going to ask. And sure enough, boom, there she was. And I went up to her, and I said, hey, it looks beautiful. And, you know, would you mind if I, you know, I tell her I photograph tattoos? And she goes, sure. And she pulls up her short, and it's got this beautiful tattoo. And I go, wow. And she, and she says, yeah, this is uh, LSD. I said, LSD? She said, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a skeleton lying on a, on a lounge mm -hmm. on the beach with a drink in his hand. And she, she said, I did that in Savannah. I took LSD, and I was just lying there, and this is to remind me of that. I went, oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. Again, you know, that body part is visible on a woman, but not on a guy. Guys have a lot of, you know, arm stuff or sometimes, you know, calves and stuff like that. And the backs. Women wear open backs, and so you see these massive things that I've photographed. Pretty interesting stuff. My son has tattoos, and he has a back piece. He's got a leg, couple of leg pieces, some arm pieces. I want to say he's got some a chest piece too, but I can't remember for sure. But I know when I got my chest done, I was ready to scream at him because he was telling me that that wasn't a bad spot. Yeah. And it was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a bad spot, yeah. if you don't mind some discomfort. Exactly. So, yeah, what, what surprises me is, is what motivates people to get tattoos as well from the more I hear these stories. So about, I don't know, three weeks ago, I went into a, a Walgreens. And the young man, uh, the cashier behind the, the desk, he's got these, uh, he's a young black man and he's got blonde dreadlocks to begin with. And then I look at his face and over his left eyebrow in 
about an inch tall lettering. He's got the word broken. Oh, wow. And on the right side, below his eye, he's got the word love me. And I looked at him as I'm doing the transaction and I go, hey, I'm noticing your tattoos. And I said, the broken one must have been going through a tough time in your life. And he goes, yeah, but I was 19 then. He looked like he was 22 at this point, but, you know, it's okay. And the other one is this is a, a song from Kendrick Lamar album that my brother and I loved. And so that's where it comes from. I listened to the song a number of times just to get the feel of what he was experiencing every time he and his brother listened to this thing. And it's, you know, so it's a lovely song. I mean, lovely in the sense that, yeah, it's a great song by Kendrick Lamar. And you go, wow. But to actually say broken on your forehead and sort of put it out to the world that this was a stage in my life. Hopefully, again, that he felt like, I, I said to him, well, it looks like you're doing better. He said, yes, whatever that meant to him. Right? But uh, you, you put it out there. And it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it really is. Especially when you're putting it in some place that you're not able to cover at all. It's like right literally in your face. It's like you look at him and you go, whoa. Yeah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> exactly. what are you trying to tell me? You know, because he was trying to tell mm-hmm. people, unless he's looking at himself in the mirror, you're, you're telling a story just by being present, you know, in front of somebody, you know, walking around. And then, uh, I don't know, two weeks later, I go into... Uh, Whole Foods, and I'm walking down the aisles, and I see this young woman from the back, and I go, oh, my goodness, and she's got like three quarters of her back. She's wearing like a sundra covered with this tattoo, and I, I'm looking at her. She's walking away, and it looks, I say, is that a gas mask the woman is wearing? It's like a female face. And I go, oh, my God. So I run to the other, hopefully that she was coming down the other aisle, and I run into her. Sure enough, she's coming, and then, you know, I pull, and I ask her, I said, hey, you know, she goes, yeah. yeah. So I said, tell me the story. She says, well, this is in celebration of my grandmother who survived the Holocaust. Wow. Anyway, really? Wow. Oh, that sounds chill. I mean, unless her grandmother was wearing a gas mask at some point, whatever. But it was just like a young woman, the way the depiction of the tattoo was. So you never know what people are putting out there. Yeah. What a tribute to her grandmother and to the Holocaust itself. Yeah. You never know, you know, what the stories of people, you know carry internally, externally, and um, they, they want to, so like you said, celebrate, you know, the, the grandmother's effort, or you want to expose how you're feeling when you say broken, how, you know, sensitive you can be around those kinds of things. And again, you make a connection with somebody. For me, it's uh, really important. You go out to the streets and connect. And how long have you been doing this? How long have you been photographing and asking people about their stories. And do you record when you ask people with, about their stories? No, no. It's all, you know, all stays with me because once I see the image, I know the story. It, it all comes back. I would say I've been doing this for about, for about five, five or six years at the most. You know, sometimes it's, it's, you have to ask why that. I mean, there's a woman in Venezuela whose arm from the elbow up to their shoulder was an image of Frida Kahlo. Uh, the Mexican artist. And she just thought that Frida Kahlo was like, you know, the epitome of cool, of art, of of womanhood, uh, you know, just all these things. And she was very proud to put it on her body and show the world. And so little by little, you begin to, you know, capture these little uh, things that you go, that's so meaningful. A young lady in Sarasota worked in a store and we're talking and I see she's got tattoos on both her 
in her forearms. But one of them is the periodic table. Right, you don't see those yeah, <laughs> often. No, tattoos. That's, no, that's different. Yeah, and the other one was sort of the outline of all the continents. And so she tells me that the periodic table is because this is what we're made of. Okay. And then the other one was because there are no real boundaries. You know, we create these little lines that define you know one country versus the other, but we're all sort of just living in this blue dot, I guess. Right. So it's, you know, the range of things that people want to tell you about where they're coming from, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, is vast. I mean, I've seen a lot of just, you know, roses and skulls and things like that that aren't interesting, you know, whatever. But some of these really stand out as quite a story to tell or an experience that you want to now show through the tattoo you've lived through, like you. Yeah, every tattoo I have has a story. Including the first one. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think you told me about that one. <laughs> yeah, including the first one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one being done so we can take some pictures. Sure thing. And, Absolutely. Yeah, be added to your portfolio. I think it would be an amazing art exhibit to see all of your photos. I just think that would be absolutely cool. We should look at doing that even if you don't do it like a an art gallery but do it somewhere online set yourself up where you could do like a a show of these different tattoos because i think they're really amazing i think the the one thing that has always gotten me with tattoos though is the artist who physically does the tattoo never signs their work mm -hmm. i've known no tattoo artist, and I have, I've been with quite a few, that has ever wanted to sign their work, which I've always found to be fascinating. And, you know, I've even said, I'm perfectly fine with you signing somewhere on my body that you tattooed. Oh, no, 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 I can't do that. Is that generally the case where people have said no? Like, no, no, no. Yep. I get no's. This artist here who's on this arm and down my leg is an artist out of Columbus, Ohio. He is amazing. He is absolutely amazing. He did the dragon phoenix that's on my leg that goes from my upper thigh down to my ankle freehand. And the only thing that he did where he copied was the Chinese letters that say strength, courage, and perseverance, endurance, only because he wanted to get them exact. The rest, though, is all freehand. He's my arm band, and what it says is all freehand. The the Dolly watch, Salvador Dolly. If you don't know, I know you know, but if our listeners, our audience does not know, the artist Salvador Dolly. But he wouldn't sign anything, even though this piece that's on my hand is representative of Salvador Dali. It is not Salvador Dali. You know, he did not do this. <laughs> wouldn't claim it as his own, no. Right, right. And then I've always found that really fascinating that it becomes instead my art that because I wear it, it becomes mine. Alex, who's doing this one from Oddity Tattoo on Main Street, he's amazing, absolutely amazing. We've been at this almost a year now. It'll be over a year by the time we get done with it, only because I've taken a break since December 
other things in, in life have gone on and we're getting back to it in April. So I'm excited about that. But in the, the process of going through this, I've also had to stay out of the sun. And <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to getting back in the sun. I'm hoping at some point this summer, I'll actually get to go to the beach. Uh. But uh, it becomes the person who wears the tattoos, tattoo, I guess, is why they won't sign them. Now, if they do a drawing, they'll sign that you know, that they've put on a, a different type of canvas. It's not skin. Yeah, maybe there is something uh, amongst, uh, you know, tattoo artists around that. There's this sort of, you know, code that, no, you don't do that. You don't sign. Uh, that belongs to the canvas who's walking around with it, as opposed to the canvas that you put up on the wall with your signature on it somehow. Right. It's a fascinating thing to me. <laughs> because otherwise they go, ooh, you know, so-and-so did that, and they're looking at your body. Right. I guess it's kind of like women who run up and have a scene or to sign their bra or something. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Right. Never had that done either. <laughs> <No>. So, <laughs> But I, I am a perover of art. I love it. It's amazing. I was introduced, the first artist that I was ever introduced to, once I became an adult, I was 29 years old before I ever got any kind of exposure. And that was Salvador Dali. And I fell in love. And it was the clocks. It was the whole idea that there is no such thing as time. We make our own time. And I have found that to be just a really neat concept that we don't have to be whatever age we are. I mean, we were talking about you being, uh, you know, here for 73 years, you know, not here in Sarasota, but on, on this earth for 73 years. And I find that just amazing. My father's 84. I'm 57. It's just like, wow, I can remember as a kid thinking this was really, really old. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, so did I. <laughs> yeah. My mother-in-law was 97. My grandfather was, uh, my great-grandfather was 106, I believe, somewhere in that neighborhood. So time is just really kind of this irrelevant thing. We're here as long as we're going to be here, whether we want to be here or not. You know? It's all mind-made. It is. It completely is. It's interesting. I think I, I might have mentioned this to you when we talked earlier, that I did take a photo of a, a friend's daughter's shoulder, and she had the, the clocks. Uh, and she, you know, time is not real, you know, as she wrote it. But I'm glad you found Salvador Dali. Uh, he's, uh, he's, I am too. He's amazing. Uh, amazing. And, you know, sculpture, uh, just ideas, and just a whole range of stuff that is just fabulous. And we're lucky to have that museum here so oh yeah. no kidding I, I have yet to be there i am gonna i didn't know it was here until after the pandemic so of course that was a little difficult to get there i did for my birthday however go to the van gogh immersion and i am a huge van gogh fan always have been but it was absolutely amazing we spent three hours just sitting there oh if you get an opportunity, go. It's incredible. But take something to sit on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the trick. Yeah. They don't tell you that. 
No, they don't, because I think they want you to go in, kind of wander around a little bit and leave. <laughs> yeah. I use a walker still. My wife is still recovering from surgery and some of the other stuff that happened after that. And so she's using the scooter. So we had chairs with us. We had built-in chairs. And that was amazing because I could just kind of go in circles and, and look at every <laughs> different direction. But it was interesting the way that he painted from his beginnings to the end. And you could see the progression of madness. And I could completely understand where he was to how he got to where he got to and his absolute love of life to the disdain of life. And yeah, it was really incredible when you were completely immersed in his world. I was fortunate to go see his uh, museum in Spain. And that's a whole nother experience. Of, as you're walking towards it, it's like, huh. I mean, this one, now the new one here in St. Pete is quite lovely. But this other one, just the original one, is like, wow. And then again, it's an immersion. Literally, you, you walk into this building and you're surrounded by this whole field that he created of all the rooms, all the spaces, all the different artifacts that, that made up his vision of you know life and the world and the people, his experiences growing up as a little boy, everything. And he's just, um, yeah, he puts it out there. I have had the honor of finding some muchas, which he was a artist back in France, I want to say in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and just amazing, incredible pieces that I have had the pleasure of now owning. They're just prints, but they're just absolutely, his model was a French actress, and he put her in some really interesting positions. She's a princess. She is an astrology piece. You know, she's the seasons. She's, yeah. So. Um, I haven't heard his name in a while. Well, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I've got some Peter Max that are just incredible. I really, I think like tattoos and the stories of why we do it, the story behind a piece of art is amazing. And we each get a different story every time we look at them. And they become like the pieces that we have on our bodies as the tattoo canvas. They become the story that's personal to you. And it can tell your story. It can tell someone that you know's story. Yeah, it's really art to me is such a life-giving medium. Recently, I watched a documentary about Andy Warhol. And uh, of course, uh, they get to the Campbell Soup. But they tell you why. I didn't realize that when he was a kid, what he loved to eat was a tomato soup and a, and a grilled cheese sandwich. That's what he loved. Right. And that was Campbell's soup. And so, you know, he just stayed with him. And this is like this massive celebration of his life. <laughs> and you go, wow, you know, and it takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah. So these stories um, and the universality of these stories as well. Right. We're not these little isolated individual cosmic dust. We're also part of the dust. We are. We're part of this humanhood that we 
have missed. I think that for me has been the biggest thing that the pandemic has taught me is this need for community, this need for connection. And without that, we are simply kind of rootless. We're kind of missing the pieces that make up our whole story. And instead, we are just these little, like you said, cosmic dust. I mean, how odd that, that Zoom helped us to stay in touch <laughs> and see each other yeah. across continents, you know, and somehow the technology was there and it created a whole different sense of community. I wasn't attending my yoga studio classes through Zoom, but it was, you know, it was just sort of not the same, obviously. And I needed that visual, physical connection with my teacher and my fellow yogis in the studio. But I stayed connected through that period where it was a no-no, at least for me. Yes, I was involved in distance education back in the late 90s with Nova Southeastern University on uh, Fort Lauderdale. And we envisioned this, but we didn't envision this. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We wrote about this. (laughs) But yeah, it was we kept thinking that it would become ingrained and it didn't for so long until the pandemic hit. And then it was a completely different world. And I have made some amazing connections through Zoom of women that I never would have met and gentlemen that I never would have met had I not been on Zoom, reaching out, finding community, finding programs, finding people that I could connect with. And we had a small core group that we were able to stay in contact with because we were all staying protected. And that helped. But I also had a daughter here that I didn't get to see very much because she still worked in the public. And for me, it was very difficult because I was sick and, and had cancer and it was just like, oh, good Lord. So don't anybody come close to me without a mask on. <laughs> you know, for, yeah. Up until January of this year and I went to California and I got COVID. <laughs> like, lucky girl, okay. lucky, lucky girl. Yeah, I know. Right. And I was lucky enough that it was like a common cold instead of being anything that was, but I was also inoculated with a booster and had that not happened, who knows, probably would have been a whole lot worse, but yeah, it's a crazy bug. And the zoom has been our savior. It has been It's strange how, you know, these things get changed and people don't like the change and it opens up opportunities that you hadn't thought of. Like you said, connecting with people that probably you would never have connected with them. And here you go now have these people you know, they know you, you know their ideas, your ideas, and yeah. Across the world. It's amazing to me. It's just amazing what you can accomplish through a computer. Now, mind you, I love a good hug. Yes. There's nothing like it, you know? Raise my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And I will get as many as I can. I think that's one of the things I missed, yeah. Yeah, I am so glad that we're coming out the other side of this. For a tremendous amount of us, we have lost someone. And for those that have, my heart goes out to them. And for those of us that have been able to come through this whole and at least in one piece, I am so happy for that and thankful and grateful. 
I am so excited for the opportunity to have talked to you and to have, you know, gotten to know you a little bit better and gotten to know your motivation behind why you enjoy taking the pictures. And I think stories are so important in this world. And you being able to catalog those is pretty incredible. So thank you. So thank you for your words. It's a minor work uh, in the sense of what I'm sure other people perhaps are doing. I don't think that I'm the only person out there who's had this interest in, in tattoos and has probably maybe more people around them who have tattoos and sort of documented this. But, you know, I do my little piece in terms of the documentation. And again, I think people appreciate, again, that stop. Hey, how are you? Look, I noticed your tattoo. And that minute, three minute, four minute interaction is my way of also sort of reaching out and making sure that there's human interaction happening in a, on a positive, happy level. And uh, I learned something and hopefully they learn something about what I'm doing, but certainly about themselves as well. And to share these experiences with you and other people. Uh, I think it's fabulous. And that's why I love photography in, in general. Uh, this is just one small aspect of what I'm interested in. But um, I'm glad you asked me to come and uh, speak with you and share some time. It, was, it worked out lovely, lovely experience. Oh, I am so glad that you came, Alfredo. I think you're amazing. And I think what you're doing is amazing. Being able to tell a story, whether it's through the art of tattoo, through a photo, through a story that has written, using our voice is so important, no matter how you use it, no matter what medium you're using, but using the voice and being able to speak our truth is utmost importance in this world and that i'm supporting your your work you are supporting all of us in what you do so thank you so much it's been a pleasure take care everyone we'll see you next week bye thanks for listening to this week's episode of roar with sparks if you've enjoyed what you've heard today please share it with a friend And of course, rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcast player. We can be reached at www.wrarinc.com. Thank you again, and we can't wait to see you here next week. How loud is your roar?